Hey, everybody. Melissa McKenzie, publisher of The American Spectator, joined by Scott McKay, publisher of The Hayride and Reviver.com and best-selling author of Racism, Revenge, and Ruin, uh, the story of Barack Obama. And today we are talking about a historic day, a triumphant day, a day that no DeSantis or Haley supporter saw coming uh, for because they're blind, willfully, um, a triumphant day for Trump. Donald J. Trump swept through Iowa. Scott McKay, what say you? Well, I think this has been inevitable for quite a while. There are people out there who have deluded themselves into thinking that it might go differently, but it was always going to be Trump, not just in Iowa, but as the nominee. Um, I think that that was baked in the cake when the left started using lawfare to try to take him off the ballot. Um, you know, I, I, and I mean, I've said this on the podcast. I've said it at the American Spectator. I've said it in other places. It's not so much that Ron DeSantis has done wrong things as a presidential candidate, which is not to say that he hasn't done wrong things. He has. But it was ne it never mattered because... He represents Trump 2.0. So does Vivek Ramaswamy, who is now out of the race. Um, the people aren't done with Trump 1.0, plain and simple. And um, I think the mainstream media and the political class has done everything they could to keep Trump 1.0 at the top of uh, everybody's mind. They've been successful in that. The question remains whether they're going to choke on it. Um, and I think that uh, the weirdest thing that came out of the Iowa caucus was Nikki Haley, who came in third and had 81% of those who showed up to the caucuses reject her, is now talking about how this is a two-person race. Mm -hmm. You came in third. Well, and she was also voted by, because the caucuses, anybody can re register as Republican, uh, the majority of the people who voted for her were first-time caucus goers and Democrats who switched right. over to vote for her. And I was looking at the amount of money Jack Posobiec uh, put on Twitter, the amount of money each uh, candidate spent for uh, votes in Iowa. And uh, Trump was like 700-something. And the other two, DeSantis and Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley spent nearly $2,000 per vote for the advertising dollars. And DeSantis spent like $1,700. Right. And so, um, so the numbers are actually, in some ways, not representative of how badly Trump beat them yeah. um, at all, because you know, that amount of money spent and it's and it did absolutely nothing. You mentioned that the voters aren't ready to discard Trump 1.0. You know, if if DeSantis is Trump 2.0, Haley is Mitt Romney 2.0. And the thing oh, that yeah. I that I don't understand and I still cease to understand is why uh the talking heads like if you were just on twitter which is not the real world you would think that trump had no chance in the general that he's gonna fail there and he might 
But what they're also not talking about is how Haley and uh, DeSantis have been basically been given a free pass by the media because they nobody wants to um, undermine them in case they get the nomination, and then they would be completely kneecapped. So, you know, Haley would be treated like Mitt Romney, like the worst she-devil in history. And DeSantis would be um, portrayed as a a woman-hating, you know, bigot. They've already tried to pull the fascist card on on DeSantis, and they'll do it again. Oh, right. Would do it again if he was the nominee. Yes, of course. I mean, you know, that's sort of the big fallacy that... um, the, you know the the consultants who drive both of those two campaigns have have kind of operated under which is you know elect our guy or gal um mm-hmm. and we'll get back to some semblance of normality in America and there'll be civility in our politics again and you know like that that none of that is in evidence right DeSantis in Florida um is the subject of withering assaults by the legacy media in in that state now you know what he could have done at some point during his campaign and like i said i don't think it would matter but what he could have done um is point out that hey it's not as dramatic with me in florida because i do a better job of sweeping these people aside than trump Mm -hmm. does um and that's true Mm -hmm. uh but, you know, he didn't sell that. And the thing was, is they kept him away from legacy corporate media throughout this campaign. And so he didn't have a chance to, like, own Jake Tapper or, you know, Dana Bash or whoever, you know, whatever other, you know, CNN Democrat operative disguised as an anchor. Um, he, you know, They kept him away from those people. And so he didn't get an opportunity to get these you know, um, big wins against them. I mean, Vivek did a better job of that Santa's did. So that was a massive missed opportunity. Yeah, um, but the thing is, is I think they did that on purpose because DeSantis, I don't think, is very good on the fly. Well, he's not. I mean, the thing is, is he, he suffers from a comparison with Vivek along right. those lines because, well, even, I mean, even Vivek, Vivek will go better. in the lion's den and eat the lion. I mean, well, like, that's right, right. like what that guy does. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, yeah, it might not work so well. Um, But I mean, the whole point is, is that none of it mattered. Okay. Trump got 51% and he was always going to get that. And, you know, the the voters are not done with him. They, I mean, they look at the state of the country. They think that this is kind of the last stand, you know, election. And Trump is the only guy that they can identify with as, you know, somebody who's actually been in the wars and has the target on his back and they have some semblance of knowledge of like, this is what we can expect from him. Whereas all these other people, you know, like none of them have proven themselves to that sort of disaffected voter who is the base of the Republican Party now, who's so sick and tired of being abused by the political class promising things and then not delivering. Um, you know, like I, it's Trump. Trump's the only one. And everybody understands that he has warts on him. Everybody understands that his first term, as much as uh, people appreciated the successes of it, 
was actually full of holes, right? Like he did, but they think, you know what? Another time around, he's going to have the experience he didn't have, and they're going to, you know, he's going to be able to to fix those things from day one. And maybe that's optimistic. Maybe it's naive. I don't know, but it's that's where the voters are, and. You know, all of these things that they, you know, they don't like how he attacked DeSantis. They don't like this. They don't like that. All of that's fine. But the whole point is, is like, this is our guy. We never thought he was perfect. But this is this is who, you know, this is who we can trust because of what he went through in the first term. Well, the thing is, and, that and, there, and there's nothing you could do if you're DeSantis, if you're if you're Ramaswamy, if you're Chris Christie or Nikki Haley. I mean, those guys wouldn't want to, but there's nothing anybody can do to disprove Trump as that guy, um, you know, and 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 create the the need for a Trump 2.0. I mean, like there is there's nothing anybody can do because he's just he's the this is his moment still. Well, I I also think this is one of i read this um article and i can't remember who wrote it talking about how uh the trump rallies the flavor had changed from the rah rah and i noticed that even at the one that i saw um running up to the second election that it was a different vibe than in the 2016 election now i think that the uh, republican base is just mad and it, it this at this point it's not about Trump. I actually think they don't. I think that Trump. I don't know is that it is ever about Trump. But yeah. I think it's second. I think he's secondary. I think he is a, um, a useful tool in the hands of voters, and I think it's going to be right, left, and center at this point um, because they're angry at the kind of perceived ruling class. And somebody said. You know, the, the, all the too smart by half people on Twitter who I just get so sick of are talking about um, how Trump and Trump supporters are the establishment now. It's his party. Bull and shit. Here's the thing about that. Everybody knows that the, the hoity-toity class in Washington, D.C. have absolute utter contempt for the average Republican voter. And that they are the elites. They look down their noses at the average American. Forget the average Republican. And so, and that unites them more with the left. You know, Bill Crystal's out uh, and out about it, and you know, getting paid to be that way. Um, the Lincoln Project guys are, but these those are just the extreme examples of the absolute visceral hatred that a lot of donors have for Trump. And more importantly, for the people who vote for him. And so yeah. uh, everything that we're seeing, and and it's increasingly, the more that Trump gets persecuted, and you look at the kind of the underlying um, voting patterns and sentiment analysis amongst Blacks, Hispanics, or whatever, is everybody is feeling this way towards these leadership folks. Yeah. And so... That is what's dangerous for Biden. And so the people who are saying that Trump's the elite and they're the establishment, no, no one believes that. You know, when right. Nikki Haley is getting a ton of Coke money and then a ton of money and a ton of voters and grassroots people coming out from the left, everybody right. knows who the establishment is. And That's it right. is not Trump 
and it is not the average voter voting for him. And so the people who are voting for him, I don't even think they care or like him. And they really see it as not mattering because it it, it won't matter who um, gets elected if that person doesn't actually care about one, America, which most of these people seem far more interested in this global order, whatever the hell that is, um, and and what's happening in Ukraine or what's happening in Israel or what's happening somewhere else in the world, then they care about America and Americans. And so, you know, the elites on both sides are pretty much mute about the illegal aliens coming across the border. Americans are sitting there going, what's happening to my country? Inflation's out of control. I can't afford food. They're trying to shut down anything that works, make us drive electric cars, make us do all these kind of things we don't want to do, all this woke crap. And then they're shipping millions of people in. And it's obvious that they're going to give every single one of those people voting cards, ballots, so that they can vote in the next election. And this isn't America anymore. And so yep. that's why these people are going, no one, not DeSantis, not um, not Nikki Haley, no one uh, will stand up for what it means just to be an American. And I think everybody's afraid of what they feel slipping away. Yeah. Well, and like, I think the, the, the defining moment of DeSantis turns out to have been when he started out being right about Ukraine. And he said, look, this fundamentally, it's a border dispute between the Ukrainians and the Russians. Right. And uh, got a talking to from some donors mm -hmm. and crawfished on that. And people looked at it and said, you're not, you know, you're not the genuine article at this point because you didn't stand by what you said. Right. You know, um, and this was one of the first things that came out of DeSantis's mouth as a candidate. Right. Um, and if you go back and you remember what one of the first things that came out of Trump's mouth as a candidate was, you know, when he's talking about John McCain and he said, you know, he's a hero because he got captured. I like the ones that didn't get captured. Mm -hmm. And, you know, which was very crass and very rude. But it was the first time somebody had actually had the stones to stand up and call John McCain out for the fraud he had become. Mm -hmm. Right. Who had traded on his time at the Hanoi Hilton for, right. you know, way past it, past its sell by day, you mm -hmm. know, and had been a crooked politician and a traitor to the cause over and over and over again uh, mm -hmm. of Republicans had lied to his voters, treated him with contempt. And in one fell swoop, Trump just swept him away and said, you know, you're not the guy you pretend to be the guy, but you're not the guy. Um, and, you know, you don't get to use that anymore. And that's what made Trump the nominee right then and there, because people looked at that and said, OK, first of all, it might not be a pleasant truth, but it is a truth. Second of all, that's a guy that's actually got the um, the sand to come out and tell us what time it is. Um, and I mean, you know, in, in that one kind of rude statement, he made himself bigger than the entire political class mm -hmm. of, of of the United States. I think he won the election right then and there, hmm. um, as I look back on And Ron DeSantis never had that moment. Vivek right. had several moments like that. It's just, you know, it, there was never a path for him. 
Nikki Haley, Chris Christie are incapable of moments like that. When Nikki Haley tries, it's a you know a face plant. It's sideshow Bob stepping on race. Um, you know, she's wants to, I'm going to get tough and I'm going to make sure that you have to register with the government before you can freaking comment on the internet. Right. What? Anybody who votes for her at this point is disqualified from being an intelligent voter. Well, and the thing so, is, I, I think she got what, 20, she got 19% in 19. Iowa. Right. 18? 19? 19. 19. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, so 19%. And um, I I would say that's about how much of the country she represents totally. Yeah, now, about just 19%. under twenty percent of the Republican electorate is yeah. is that never Trump, Bush Republican, you know. Uh, right. If we could just turn the clock back to two thousand three, everything would be great. Right. Right. Kind of people. Um, yeah. You know, and and. But like you said, I don't even know if it's that much. It might be more like 10% because the other nine are like the crossover Democrats. Right. You know, exactly. people like Reed Hoffman, the founder of LinkedIn, who's on the Epstein flight logs mm -hmm. and is, you know, oh, well, I just like Nikki Haley so much. And it's like, mm -hmm. who cares what you like? You're, I mean, you disqualify the people you like. Right. You know, some of the earth. And, you know, Big Democrat mega donor, and he's behind Nikki. Right. Okay. And she takes it. This is like, it's not so much that that guy backs her, it's that she takes it. Right. If she had any kind of uh, integrity to her, somebody mm -hmm. like Reed Hoffman gives a bunch of money, she gives it back and says, I don't want your money. I think you're, a, you're corrupt. I think you're personally corrupt. I think your politics are utterly corrupt. I think you're going to make demands on me that I'm not prepared to satisfy because I, I have integrity and I'm a conservative. So thanks, but no thanks. I'm out. Had she said that, I would have had a little bit of respect for her. But she will take donations from anyone. And she will agree to be bought by anyone. And that's why 81% of the Republican electorate uh, has, or, or more, has no interest in Nikki Haley. Um, well, and the you thing know, is, she gets the nomination, and then she is, is Hillary in a way that she has not had from the media, left, right, and center. Right. And so, you know, this whole, um, it's all a false, it's like this whole false thing, just as usual. I, I just, it's so annoying. It's one thing to see this kind of nonsense from the mainstream media, which we did throughout this whole primary. It's right. another thing entirely to see the supposed smart people on the GOP side be, uh, again, so wrong and so purposefully wrong. And it's like, the, but I just have to believe that they're, you know, I live in Texas, you live in Louisiana. We are not in the, um, in the Selicor corridor. And right. so our lives are being touched pretty much constantly by the average person. And so we're seeing yeah. like what life is really like. Our, at least for me, my friends are not in politics. They are in the actual real world paying obscene amounts of money for blueberries. 
you know, that kind of stuff affects right. you. And, and you sit yeah. there and you go, what is going on here? And so like people, and why, I, the other thing that is inexplicable to me, you know, you have Biden who's at like, what, 31% was the poll today, um, approval. And so yeah. you have him at these numbers and you have Republicans willing to fall on their sword for this guy because they hate Trump just that much. It is absurd. And, and to look back at Trump's first um, four years, they were pretty great until the, I, I was fine with the guy as long as I didn't listen to him until the whole COVID crap came along. And then I felt like he was being led around by the nose and just not leading personally. And I don't know that anyone could have done any better in that situation. It's just that I was irritated he did so poorly. So like, yeah. you know, that, and most people are going, well, you know, the whole COVID thing, Biden supposedly was supposed to save us and he made things worse too. So, you know, let's all, we were all stupid. We were all scared. Can we all forgive each other and pretend that didn't happen? And so, um, and because Trump was all for the uh, vaccine and, you know, majority of older voters are Republican voters and they got the vaccine, um, you know, the Trump's stance is the way it is because of who the, the, and he knows that the unvaccinated, you know, libertarian types in the party are going to vote for him anyway because the alternative is so terrible and so like he knows what he's doing it's just so going forward trump is going to win new hampshire trump is going to win south carolina i don't see trump losing anywhere at this point no trump's going to win every primary he's going to win gonna, every electoral vote in the Republican side. and Period. it's going to be by a wider margin than even in iowa i think and so well, New Hampshire, because that's such a crossover state, yeah, yeah, might be true. a little um, yeah. less demonstrative than Iowa. But mm -hmm. once you get past New Hampshire, yeah. the route is on and it's going to be a matter of time before uh, DeSantis gets out. Although I'll be honest, um, and I've kind of said this and I like I'm, I'm saying it louder now for mm -hmm. kind of sort of the same reason. Uh I think Ron DeSantis's best move is to stay in, maybe maybe ramp down the spending, go bare bones, but stick around for for two reasons. Number one, uh, his role, his constructive role now is to tear Nikki Haley down, mm -hmm. is to eviscerate her at every turn. Is you know, and and in doing so, eviscerate the establishment that she represents. Okay, because he knows now that he's not going to be the nominee. Okay. He also knows that if he's going to be the nominee in 2028, it's going to have to be with Trump's imprimatur. Now, he may believe that Trump did wrong, and I, I think he's right, okay, with all the attacks and everything else. But the point is, is that Trump is, is going to be in control of the majority of the party, not a plurality, the majority, and the vast majority of that, because that seven or eight percent that Vivek got, that's now Trump's vote. So he's yeah. sitting just under 60. Okay. DeSantis was at 21. Nikki was at 19. Um, those numbers are probably going to shift 
as you get further down the road and Trump becomes more and more inevitable. Mm -hmm. So the whole point is, if you're DeSantis, is to rehabilitate yourself with Trump voters, do what Vivek was doing, mm -hmm. okay? In order, in, in other words, you're not running against Trump anymore. Vivek never was running against Trump. What, and you're not, you also don't want to be vice president. So nobody can say, oh, he's aiming to be VP. You don't have to do any of that. What you have to do is you have to have a conversation with America about what the future of the Republican Party is, not just this fall, but beyond it. Talk about Florida, talk about the importance of having an America first agenda, because that that's DeSantis's brand too, okay? Mm -hmm. Burnish that, talk about policy, talk about the future, talk about the overwhelming importance of the people reclaiming their government, okay? Uh, from Biden, obviously, but also from the Beltway class on the GOP side. Mm -hmm. And if you can position yourself as the guy who can do that as intelligently or more intelligently than Trump can, even if it doesn't get you votes, you've done a great service by exposing Nikki Haley as you know, the tool of that element within the party and within mm -hmm. the ruling class of the country. And you've you've reconstructed yourself as a serious um, future political leader in the country. And then you go back to Florida after whatever, half the primaries are done and and uh, and govern for the next couple of years and, and whatever. But um, that's where that's where DeSantis can play a role. Meanwhile, and this is something uh, Tucker Carlson had a podcast about it. We were recording this on Tuesday. Uh, he had a podcast about it um, that was very good because the plan is pretty obvious. Okay. The plan is two person race, Trump and Haley. Trump goes to jail and we're stuck with Haley as the nominee. So if you're Ron DeSantis, you should stick around long enough that you're actually the number two rather than she is. And I think other than perhaps New Hampshire and South Carolina, if he sticks around, he actually has the ability to maybe be the number two. Um, so if something should happen to Trump, right, whether it's going to jail or the thing that I keep worrying about, which is, you know, something more kinetic than that, um, you know, I, you cannot be in a situation where, oh, there's nobody left, so now it's Nikki. Because um, that's literally the death of democracy, right? When the opposition is not allowed to pick its own leadership and not allowed to uh, to nominate its own candidate uh, because, you know, the ruling class, which is mostly Democrat, um, you know, cuts, reaches in and plucks somebody that none of us want. I mean, I don't want the Democrats to have the ability to Kamala Harris, uh, Nikki Haley for us as the GOP nominee. And and Carlson, uh, I thought, did a good job of voicing it. But it's absolutely true because that is the plan. That's what they want to do. They want to make her the only viable option to Trump mm -hmm. um, when she's not viable. And, you know, maybe maybe she she runs as as the nominee if something happens. Uh, probably she loses because Republican voters are going to look at her and go, this is John McCain all over again, right? You know, or even if she wins, like, what do you get out of that? 
right? I mean, it's, you know, now you really have destroyed the Republican brand because you're right back to another four years of a Bush Republican. And, and you know, you've demoralized your own base even more. And 2028 becomes a complete disaster when, you know, whether it's Gavin Newsom or J.D. Pritzker or some other oh. utter troglodyte runs and wins on the Democrat side with a vast, you know, landslide vote because your Republican president, who's, you know, Republican maybe, but certainly not conservative, has completely gacked it over the previous four years. So, like, I, that's, DeSantis is in a position to deny Nikki Haley that, and I think it's worth him staying in the race just to do that. Okay, that's an interesting perspective, and he should follow that advice, which is why he won't because all of his advisors are the most spiteful, That's better right. people. I cannot believe how politically stupid his advisors have, have been. And right. I say that being friends with some of them. Yeah, they're, the advice, they're making themselves utterly irrelevant in Republican yes, politics for the future. Exactly. And the thing is, is that what you're saying is absolutely true. DeSantis is going to have to suck down the pride and Liz ignore, hopefully he has better instincts politically or his wife does. If you hear, you know, if you listen to the rumors about that, hopefully she understands the real um, path for her husband and encourages him to ignore all of these voices who are basically um, absolutely just uh bitter shrews about this whole thing and understand they should have understood the political reality before yeah. but they didn't and so now in in the face of this now is where it gets difficult now is where in politics you have to make the tough choices and eat the shit sandwich and say the things you don't want to say and do the things you don't want to do not just for the benefit of your own political future but truly, truly, DeSantis has to be rehabilitated in the minds of all the Republican voters because he is the best chance in 2028 and he should be on the ticket. And so, like, for my perspective, once again, I'm in this stupid position where I'm like, Trump is going to be inevitable. And, and I like DeSantis. So don't ruin him because he needs to be the guy. We certainly don't want a Nikki Haley. And we certainly don't want some of these other Republicans who are waiting in the wings who would bring us back to where we used to be. No, 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 no. So, you know, my hope is that DeSantis's team, that DeSantis himself will listen to your advice if someone out there is listening to to us in Florida and can get uh, the few minutes of Scott's wisdom to the governor, it's the right move. And it is yeah. what should be done. And the other thing is his surrogates online and the Trump surrogates online yeah, need, need to, to it. knock it off. Yeah. Again, I know most all of these people on a personal level. And I cannot believe the level of rancor and short-sightedness coming from these people. And this is politics. This isn't freaking church. This isn't, you know, you're not in the amen pew. 
what we are trying to do is save the republic from yeah. Biden and his puppet masters. Right. This is and, the, this is much this is much bigger than Trump. It's much bigger it than DeSantis. Okay, and everybody needs to understand that. Um, like, you know, if nothing else, take a page from Ramaswamy's book because he he clearly seems to understand it, and he handled it perfectly well when he when he dropped out. He said, "Look, you know, I don't have a path, and so the most productive course for me right now is to get out and back Trump." Mm -hmm. Boom. Now. I'm not saying DeSantis should get out and back Trump. I'm saying DeSantis should stay in and beat Haley Duffel, right? Yeah. And and exercise that element mm -hmm. from the Republican Party once and for all, uh, because it costs you more votes than it gets you, despite all of the hot air to the contrary that those people have been spewing for all these years. Okay. And that is, you know, that is his contribution. And, you know, does that lead to a rapprochement with Trump at some point? It would be good if it did. It would be it on Trump if it did. This is well, it'd be on Trump if it did. So, yes, but exactly, this is the pause. This is the positive role that you can play from now on. And should something untoward happen to Trump, it's the role that would make you the nominee. Exactly. So there, it's not a completely selfless thing that you're doing, but that's not the focus of it. Because at the end of the day, this is bigger than you, and it's bigger than Trump, and it's bigger than any of these individual candidates. And one last word before we go today. Uh, this is for the people who say that, uh, well done, everybody. There's no way Trump can win. Again, I call bullshit. The, the, the fear that you smell, the rank terror that you smell from the left is because Trump yeah. can definitely win. And That's people right. saying, oh, Biden was so happy that Trump got it and everybody's celebrating and they were celebrating on CNN and MSNBC. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. Now, when you're at 31% approval, okay, you're not in a position to predict right. victory, period. No. So there's that. And the thing is, if you get victory, if you somehow manage to get, uh, you know, uh, voting rights to all, 32 million illegal aliens or however many people are here now, 40 million. Um, and they vote. I saw some data that 70% of new immigrants, people from other countries vote Democrat. Trump won the native native born voters. Trump won uh, 54 to 46 or something like that. Like it was a, like a landslide among native voters. It was the new immigrants who voted overwhelmingly um, for Biden. Big shocker here. And so I wonder if that holds up in 2024. We'll see. Hey, do you like what you voted for? The answer is not much. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, well, they'll be voting from the streets and somebody will be filling out their, um, you know, absentee votes for them. And right you know, taking them in. And so like, you know, they, you know, they're voting. Yeah, they're not voting. So, you know, um, and again, who's supporting all of this? One of the reasons why you're not seeing the Republicans up in arms about the illegal immigration stuff is because all the big donors hate Trump and they want cheap labor. So they want that too. So 
that's enough of that soapbox. So um, Trump is inevitable, and uh, unless something terrible happens, which what seems to be what a lot of people are counting on, and that is not a good place to be. So best of luck to Donald Trump and his security staff. I hope that he is uh, well cared for and paying them well, and um, because he's going to need it. Uh, all right, for. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll uh, see you next time. We've got, give us feedback, of course, because we're changing everything up. I'm sure you've noticed this. We're doing a couple podcasts a week now. We split them up, made them shorter. Is that easier for you to take? You know, like, subscribe, share, and hopefully you can share these uh, shorter podcasts with friends and family too. It makes it easier because it's one topic. But if you like the longer form better, let us know. And um, we could throw some of those in there too. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, Scott, thank you for all your vast wisdom. Hopefully people yeah. will take it. And we'll talk to you next time. Thanks, everybody. Bye, guys.